Okay. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Uh, we're going to start off as we usually do with the Lion Serenity Prayer. Brother Dan, please lead us. And we all know this week we need it more than most. Yes. May the ghost of Bobby Lane grant us the serenity to accept the things about being Lions fans we cannot change, the courage to change the things about being Lions fans we can, and the wisdom to know that the Lions will always suck. Amen. The wisdom. The wisdom. Amen. Now, we are excited to announce uh, that we have a new sponsor, our first sponsor, brand new sponsor. Our sponsor is Leo Laboratories, the makers of Ejaculax a new experimental drug that uses a combination of beta blockers and supercharged laxatives to help prevent premature premature ejaculion syndrome, otherwise known as PELS, otherwise known as PELS. Although, a stage three, although stage three clinical trials were stopped due to shocking morbidity rates among participants, the FDA approved the drug lar- due largely to the testimony of longtime roraholics who said that they were more than willing to risk death for any drug that provided even a glimmer of hope. So ask your doctor about Ejaculex and begin your journey on the road to recovery and probably death today. Side effects include extreme nausea, blurred vision, terrifying hallucinations, murderous rage followed by deep sadness, feelings of utter hopelessness, manic episodes lasting up to 83 hours, phantom limb syndrome, and bloody stool. And if you experience an erection that lasts more than three days, don't worry about it. Just roll it. Have fun with it. Roll with it. Okay, you guys. So, yeah. So, thank you. Welcome to our new sponsor. And um, Awesome. All right, guys. So, this is going to be kind of a short pod today, everybody, because... It's the it's Erev Rosh Hashanah, the the start of the Jewish super fancy high holidays, and uh, we we got to prepare for that. But we have to talk about this game, so we're going to really, I think, just focus on what what the hell just happened over here. So um, let me throw it to now. Todd has been chomping at the bit. I think Todd uh, is sitting in his house with a loaded gun in his mouth. I want to ask Todd. I want to ask Todd a question okay. just to get it started. On a scale of one to ten, Nadamakan Sue cleats to the groin. What would you give this Lions loss? Like how many cleats uh Nadamakan cleats to the groin? How how painful is was it? You know, it's it's hard to articulate it because it's really a full double cleats to the groin combined with Nick and Sue asking you to be his best friend. Mm. That's mm. the problem with this game. This mm. game's a real half glass, half full glass thrown to the ground. You rolling around <laughs> in the shards of the glass yeah. kind of game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to jump in and say one thing. Which is this, and I, I'm going to do something one should never do on a podcast, which is I'm going to quote myself yeah, okay. from last week. Quote, if the Lions yeah. get even a half-decent running game, I'm moving to Detroit and they're making the playoffs. <laughs> right, well. The Lions right. ran today. The Lions ran today for 186 yards, yeah. including... An old school 26 carries for 125 yards from Mr. K. Johnson. Yeah. The longest was only 14 oh. yards. He was he was eating it up. Yeah. They totally controlled that yep. game. Yep. They should have won that game. It took two really <sighs> big plays that went the Chiefs way. The Lions were in control of that game. Yeah. So we're looking at a 
in a really worst case scenario, according to which they both lost and seem to establish themselves as an actually good team. And that is absolutely horrifying. It is bad. It's bad. Danny, what's your reaction to this loss? Well, I actually want to get your reaction. How many, I mean, Todd didn't give us, I I think what Todd gave us was the double stomp, which uh, was one of Nadamakan's specialties. But I wanted to throw it to you. How many, is this like, first of all, how many uh, Nadamakan stomps to the groin? cleats to the groin and also is this like full contact with both testicles it is and the number i will give you is infinity it's infinity and comic-con stomps for a simple reason because during the game uh due to the nature of it i found myself despite myself beginning to have very dangerous thoughts deeply disturbing thoughts In other words, I started down the road of thinking maybe the Lions are better than we thought, or maybe they're actually good, which this kind of game inevitably leads to. And um, as soon as those thoughts entered my mind, like a dark cloud sort of began to descend because I know that's that's not where I want to be. I would have rather had the Lions blown out than have a game like this because that fits our narrative and it's just much, much easier to digest. I don't really know what to do with this game. I, you know, I would just add pulling the curtain back here a little bit. This podcast this year, I thought was just going to be kind of fun in games, a way for us to talk about another totally futile Lions campaign. And and I don't know what we're looking at now. And not like... I mean, this yeah. is some weird, bizarro inversion of premature Jackie Lyons syndrome because they lost and Mm. they looked really good and it didn't look fluky they lost because of fluky stuff that went against them but it wasn't even classic lions fluky stuff even that fumble return wasn't really the it wasn't really a lions thing it was just (laughs) (laughs) wait you're claiming that the first hundred yard plus return of a fumble that the lions didn't even realize was a fumble. (laughs) There was no whistle and they just didn't bother tackling was not a lion. That was, that was lions. That was lions. I will agree. That was lions. That's maybe the definition of lions. Well, it looked like Galladay who had a brilliant game overall could have tackled him at the half yard line and and didn't really feel like it was worth his time because everybody well the play was over. everyone except everyone except the uh the chiefs apparently and that's the thing is like I, okay i i'm pretty sure now todd you were uh, you played in high school for uh for a bit right for a spell uh it's debatable, it's debatable. based on the minutes seconds i was on the field during the course of the season if i actually played i did wear right. a uniform for one season but you you actually played at a pretty darn good uh high school program here in michigan and i'm pretty sure that the phrase like play until you hear the whistle is maybe taught in like pop warner like great you know like age six yes I feel like that's pretty basic and not to just let someone run it all the way down the field when you haven't heard a whistle. 
Fair enough. I will say this, though. I think one of the things that actually happened on that play, and the announcers are talking about this, is this seems like an actually new um, approach from the officials to not blow a whistle on a play that until a week or two ago, apparently there was some crazy thing that happened in a Saints game in uh. which they in which they blew a whistle and it turned out it was a fumble, but I guess you cannot call something a whistle if you fumble if you've blown the whistle it appears like it's a new thing that the refs are doing to give them at least the opportunity to call that a fumble so i think that was actually a weird case in which the lions were not and i assume the rest of the league is still in this place for the most part where everything they've ever seen is that that play is over and that they i mean what though i've seen that play or similar things enough times to know that Galladay in particular had to try and tackle him. Yeah. Because there's no... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but... But, yeah. Yeah. Well, can I can I ask, if, if that play doesn't happen, if the Lions simply tackle the guy, do they win the game? Uh, well, that was, well a, that was a free play, a 101-yard um, run that, that actually put the Chiefs up for the first time of the game. I mean, look, I think the Lions had had a better chance to obviously had a much better chance to win if they don't give up that because at at the worst case scenario is like basically Chiefs have it at the one yard line. And uh, I'm not saying they couldn't score off of that, but once they took the lead. But the Lions probably score. The Lions probably score if they don't. Well, if it's not a fumble. Oh, okay, right. You're saying if they get the ball, but it's just at the one yard line, right? Well, obviously, if the Lions yeah. don't score, it's not. A, no, and that you pair that with the Galladay touchdown that was overturned, and then on the following play or the play after, Stafford fumbles. The Lions easily could have been up 27 13 in this game at one point when it was 2013 Chiefs, but right. that's what happens. Right. That's what happens. Yeah. Let let's get to the let's get right let's get right down to it if you don't mind. What do we make of this? What do we do with this outcome? Are the Lions are they actually maybe better than people thought? Are they actually kind of decent, or are we is the, that is that classic uh, premature Jack and Lion syndrome? Even with a loss, clearly they played pretty well and came damn close. What do we do? Well, I'm of I'm of two minds here. The first mind, we'll call this mind, you're a fucking moron mind, is watches this game closely and says, unless this was a fluke performance by the Lions, they're a legitimately above average team. Wow. That's that's moron. That's moron takeaway from the game. That's somebody, if you dropped somebody down who has no history of watching football, but understands Mm -hmm. the game somehow and he watches mm-hmm. this game, he says, the Lions are a solid, solid football yeah. team. My second response to this game, and I think this is the smarter one and the one that will prove to be true, is that this is actually the Lions taking their Lionsness to an entirely mm. new level, right? Because the question that the Lions are always faced with is how, after presenting your fan base, with over half a century of sucktitude, do you get them to play along? Right. Right? And the answer is, well, what if we have one of the very best teams in football come into our stadium and we play them neck and neck, we do things we normally can't do well, 
and then we lose, but it's a very close game. It's a game that absolutely could have yeah. gone either way. Maybe that will convince some people to take us seriously. And and I think what we realize is that this is just the lines are playing, you know, there's the saying we're mm. playing checkers, they're playing chess. We're playing checkers, the lions are playing like extraordinary rendition ball <laughs> kicking and that's what they're doing. They're not interested in checkers yeah. or chess. They're interested in ruining our lives. And they're really well on the way because there's a big part of me right now that thinks this team oh, is Oh, boy. Good. I'm going to talk you down from that because um, that's obviously <laughs> very troubling to hear. I'm sorry you're having those thoughts, those intrusive thoughts um, that, you know, we all know where that can lead. Um, yeah, like I, I think this for – uh, Kansas City actually played really poorly. Um, I think it was like in the first half, Mahomes' worst game. He was just really off. They didn't get going at all, and who knows why. I think, honestly, they had the look of a team that didn't, in the first half, take the Lions that seriously. Um, didn't really get worried when they were down. I think if you're a Chiefs fan... This was like a little bit of a scare, but if you're a Chiefs player, I really, it looked to me like they were kind of just, this was a bit of a trap game for them. They were overlooking the Lions a little bit and, you know, they played pretty crappy until they had to be good. Then they stepped up and and did what they had to do and won it. And the Lions, you know, played maybe their best um, in many ways, uh, I mean, Stafford threw three touchdowns. We had 180 yards on the ground. Like, as you said, that's just doesn't happen, really. Our defense even, like, was pretty respectable for large swaths of the game. And yet, like, was there any doubt when Kansas City got the ball with two and a half minutes that they were about to score a touchdown? No, no doubt. I mean, that was just, I almost just wish they had let them run it 85 yards or whatever on the first play. So at least we'd have a chance to, yeah, to get the ball back. <clears throat> well, let me jump in. I think all of that is legitimate. Um, the good news here, and maybe the only good news is that all we have to do is wait for the next game. They're playing the Packers and the most lions thing of all that they could possibly do would be to follow up this the best game that they've played so far, even though it was a loss, with just a miserable performance. They're on the road at Green Bay. That's never good. And I predict, and uh, well, not I, I won't be at all surprised if in the next game they just totally you know shit the bed. If the running game inexplicably disappears, if Stafford throws a couple picks, usually you can count on, on the lines. Just wait to the next game. And whatever you thought, like, well, maybe they're this, maybe they're that, maybe they're better, will be erased. Well, and you know, a couple things else about the about the schedule that is really setting us up for the blow to the solar plexus. One, the yeah. Lions have a bye next week. They have two weeks to think about this game. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then they have more than two weeks to think about this game. That's a Monday night football game. That is a national televised all eyes on the Lions as they go to Green Bay. Oh, boy. It's a tall order. 
And we're going to learn yeah. a lot about the precise way in which these lines are going to break our hearts over these next two weeks as they prepare for that game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. That's a long time for them to start thinking about stuff and for Fat Matt to, I don't know, come up with some ideas. I mean, here, I have another... Um, this game brought something else up that we that we have talked about many times in the past. This is the third game in a row now that Stafford has played pretty well. And I think he played really well. I mean, he went head to head with Mahomes and, you know, it was just as good, really, at least statistically. I mean, he's the best quarterback the Lions have had in 50 years, probably on another team with like a better system, a better, just a better group, like a better ownership group. Is he like an all time QB? Could he be, could he, could he have been great, like a multiple Super Bowl winner if he had been on, you know, like a, a real team with like real owners that really cared? Um, I would say no, although his, I love, I mean, this was the type of game from Matt Staff that I just really reminds me of why overall, like, I just love the dude. He was playing hurt. He had like back aches. He made some really yeah. bonehead moves like the, um, fumble when he fumbled on, like, you know, driving the ball deep yeah. in, uh, chief's territory, but he also just gutted it out. He made some awesome throws. I mean, he did what he could. He put the team up, uh, in the fourth quarter with two minutes to go. That's all you can do as a quarterback. And no, but he's, he's not an all time great because he's just never been accurate enough. Like the all time greats, at least of this era, you have to be able to like, he's about, you know, just he's, he's not that far off, but, but he's not there. The pass that he threw all right. for his second to last touchdown, I believe the one that was in the middle of the end zone was an astonishing pass. He threw it. I mean, it was the kind of pass that had it not been completed, you would have said that was a stupid pass because he threaded that through four guys. And it was it was just an astonishing pass. He played a yeah. really good game. He did get he got sacked four times. Mahomes didn't get sacked at all. Um and he he still does have a little bit of a problem. There was that, you know, he had fumble one, did he have two fumbles or was it just one? He does have a habit of when he's kind of getting flushed out and moving around that the ball's too far away from his body. And at mm. least one of those fumbles was on him because of that. But he, there was actually a yeah. point in the game where I thought that we were going to get another weird Lions thing, which was that we were going to have a game in which the running attack was really A+, and he was not going to be able to do the little work that was left to him. But then he played really well down the stretch. He made yep. no mistakes other than the fumbles. He finished with a 118.6 yeah. passer rating compared to Mahomes' 81. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he played really well. Well, that that's, that's why I bring this up, just because Stafford has been consistently, this season, very good. And over his career, I mean, he's had a good career. He's just been on the Lions with, you know, usually no running game, mediocre coaches that come and go, not enough skill around him. And yet, you know, he still puts up the numbers and 
he's pretty much like this game I think is not super unusual for him. Like he's totally capable of it. I, I just wonder, and we'll never know, but like he happens to get drafted onto another team that just has better better ownership, better infrastructure. Maybe he's maybe he could have been a lot better. I don't know. I mean, I think you guys are having just one of those pointless I mean, this is just one of those pointless conversations of like that that falls along the lines of like Todd's yes, like, hey, if the Lions had a better running game, we probably would have won eight Super Bowls by now. Or like if the which always boils down to if the Lions weren't the Lions, do you think we could be better than the Lions? (laughs) Here's the here's the question. Here's the question that needs to be answered, which is if you took the entire New England Patriots team, their current roster and coaching staff, and you just brought them to Detroit, had them dress up as the Lions and play out the rest of the season, what are the chances that they go over 500? I think the that's the mm. answer to the question, because I think the answer to the question is they finish six, nine and one. Yeah, I think that- and that's that's all you need to know about the Lions. It's not this is not happening on the plane mm. of reality that we tend to think sports is taking place on. This is a metaphysical yeah. phenomenon. Agreed. And yeah. I think that, well, it, on a more practical level, I think that the Fords probably get rid of half the team, you know, in week uh, the second week after inheriting them. They like get rid they wave, they wave Brady. Brady. They're like, that guy's way too old to be taking snaps <laughs> yeah. for us. I mean, they just wave Tom Brady right Yeah, out that would gate. be move number one, clearly. And then they demand back half his salary, which it was interesting to note today that um, the Lions at halftime announced their like top all-time team. Right, yeah. And Barry Sander was, was there along with Lem Barney and other yeah. old Lions greats. And, uh, you know, always nice to see Barry out there. Um, but notably absent was uh, the best receiver by far the Lions have ever had, Calvin Johnson, who right. has basically vowed he will never. I believe the quote from the Sports Illustrated article was, I will never step foot in anything Lions ever again. Um, <laughs> wow. At anything. Why is that? That is because the Lions, um, after he quit, um, by his claim, basically after 10 years and uncounted, uh, you know, head injuries, uh, including concussions, he walked away. And the Lions, in, in typical Lions fashion, they've done this many times before, demanded back his entire signing bonus or at least a, mm. a sort of prorated version of it, which I think amounted to like a million and a half dollars. And by all accounts, um, Calvin Johnson never really spent a dime of his money. Like he's he's mm. one of these guys who saved everything. So like the money, he made a lot of money in his career wasn't so much, you know, like he needed it like some guys do. It was more just the sentiment, the yeah. sort of F you the Lions gave him going out the door after he had put the team on their back and how many like tickets did Megatron sell on his own? I mean, I just, just to give you a brief example of the type of figure he was, I took my kids, my little guys, uh, it's maybe five years ago to lions training camp in Allen, uh, Allen park, Michigan. 
And it's like an opportunity before the season starts, before like it's clear how much the Lions suck to go see the Lions scrimmage practice and then get some autographs after the game. And after I'm not after the game, after the you know scrimmage. And so afterwards, um, you know, everyone's all these fans are lining up. Um, trying to get autographs and like first an offensive lineman comes around and you know there's a little bit of a push then maybe one of you know running back comes over and then all of a sudden Calvin's in the middle of the field and he looks over towards where all the autograph seekers are standing and people just start to like chant his name Hmm. and then he kind of like seems to weigh it and i'm like dude just sign a few autographs what's the big deal and then he walked over and i saw what the big deal was where my kids were probably about six and eight at that time and immediately they just got trampled by grown men (laughs) like 50 year old men just holding sharpies out like trampling over them to get to Megatron and they're just like just his physique alone like he's just this majestic guy that it's almost like besides Barry Sanders there was just nothing like him it was just a transcendent like magic like he was just a magical player Um, and you know to to have that for 10 years and then just be a big like asshole on the way out like he didn't you know he never did anything wrong as a player was like a good guy and then hey give us that million and a half bucks on the way out whereas like uh andrew luck just retired and indianapolis apparently let him keep his 30 million dollar signing bonus yeah so it's cheapo well interestingly I don't know if you guys noticed, but the uh, when they trotted out the all times line roster, there were only seven right. positions filled. Uh, everybody else refused, and five of the guys were actually only ever player uh, practice squad <laughs> players. So that that was it. That was the right. best they could do. Well, listen in in a way in a way the timing is both good and bad. In that we're heading into the Jewish high holidays. These are times of introspection. And we're supposed to look inward and think about the past year and who we are as people and how we can improve. On the one hand, the bad part of it is that I really wish I could have gone into this holiday season with like a clear mind, a clear heart. And, and because of this game and because of, of the Lions in general, that's not possible. On the other hand, th- we now have some time to reflect on what just happened and maybe even find some peace maybe even uh, find a way not to really think too much about it and just kind of let it go. Is that possible? If it is possible, now is the time to give it a shot. You know what I mean? I'll agree with you uh, on one thing, which is that part of being a Lions-holic is um, finding a way to be at peace with all kinds of suffering, even kinds Mm. of suffering that you didn't know existed until you're in the middle of it. And that's what today gives us the opportunity to work on Um, because this is a combination Mm. I'm, I'm really, really not used to. I'm, I'm used to heartbreaking lions losses. I'm used to losses in which I can picture five pretty simple ways in which they would have won the game. Um, I'm not used to that Mm -hmm. in combination with my feeling that the lions were not 
they didn't suddenly become a good team. They just seemed like a good team out there. And I don't know what to do with yeah. that feeling. And it, and it's going to hurt and it's going to hurt a lot. Um, I, I do kind right. of well, hope that, that they return to form and lose 40 to seven against green Bay. Um, because if they, right. if they look like a good team on the 14th, I'm going into yeah. the trial. I'm, I'm going into Jackie looks. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to do what I got to do. Listen, I, the only words of comfort that I can give you, Todd, are when you find yourself in this place, and I tell myself this all the time, just work the steps, okay? Work, work the steps. You know, there is a system here, and there's no, there's no easy answer. There's no cure, of course, for uh, roraholicism. All you can do is work the steps, take your time, go through them, and, you know, do your best. And just remember, it's not your fault, and there is a higher power, and this is the perfect time of year in the Jewish calendar to reflect upon that. Yes. So, you guys, we, we got to wrap this up because I have to go make some cookies. It's the best um, reason that a podcast so has ever we come gotta, to an end, by the way. That literally is the case. Because my, my wife peeked her head downstairs and kind of gave me a look. And I'm like, okay. And I gave her a thumbs up and she wasn't buying it. So she's like, do don't gotta- pull that. Don't pull that Mike Utley shit with me, pal. <laughs> the rest of me is paralyzed. My thumb works though. So that's good. So let's wrap it up. Let's leave, you know, one final thought about uh, heading into Rosh Hashanah, thinking about what just happened on the field. Um, Danny, you cut out there for a second. So I'll let you go first. Yeah, well, I think just the theme of the Jewish New Year maybe says something about us Jews, but is sort of reflecting on like life and death and, uh, you know, the meaning of life. And yeah, I think this was a good game to sort of put one back in touch with what it means to be a Lions fan. Um, the kind of life and death experience, the ultimate like tragic nature. It it had a little bit of everything. It had almost yeah. a recap of the um, Calvin Johnson fumble, or I'm sorry, complete mm-hmm. uh, complete pass catch, which was like right. you know kind of a Lions fan's life flashing before their eyes, and it was called back. Um, it had a hundred and one yard. Uh, uncontested fumble return by the other team for a touchdown. It had a lot of things that, you know, uh, just make you look and look back and say, wow, that, that was different. That was somewhat entertaining, Mm -hmm. but ultimately that was terrible. And, um, (laughs) you know, I think with that, all of us have that terribleness in us is one of the themes Mm. of the Jewish high holidays. And it's our responsibility to sort of purge ourselves of this. Um, You know, the lions of course never will, but perhaps we as people can learn from, from their, you know, ways. Okay. Todd. Um, Well, I just, I I, want to, just mentioned that my my prayers are going out to the uh, four block area in downtown Detroit near Ford Field, which reportedly is on fire right now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know that they there's rumors that it's contained, um, but I I'll believe that when I see it. 
So um, there's that. And then the other thing I'll say is that, you know, part of, uh, part of, of the high holidays is about, you know, on a certain level is just staring into the abyss and, and coming to terms Mm -hmm. with the fleeting nature of existence. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I'm not so much staring into the abyss right now as sort of sitting shotgun in the abyss with, with the ghost of Wayne Fonts at the wheel. And uh, he looks over. Not dead by the way. Oh no, but, and it's nevertheless the ghost of Wayne Fonts. Right. He just looks over at me and he says, Hey Todd, you know this car I have? It's got an infinite tank of gas and there's no reverse on it. And mm-hmm. the only way the only way out of this is to go through it. And we got the only way more, mm-hmm. and we got 12 more games, pal. Strap in. Well, I would say this, the only way out of this is a Super Bowl and that's never happening. Yeah. So there you have it. Well, I I will leave you guys with this. Step 4 of Rohrholics Anonymous 12-step program is to make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves and our sad devotion to this miserable franchise. And I think that Rosh Hashanah is obviously the perfect time to do that, to make, to do just that, a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. In a lot of ways, that's what the holiday is all about. And what I'd really like to do is go get a goat and as the ancient Israelites used to do, ritually displace all of my sins, including, and most prominently, giving a shit about the lions onto the goat, and then send the goat off into the wilderness, and that that would solve my problems. The goat would then bear the burden. Um, Absent that, I have no idea what to do. Um. I just want to mention one other thing, Jared, because you're sort of the custodian of this podcast. I think we have to sort of rename it as the Jewish Lions podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, at least for this episode. It's a, yeah. Call it something like Hashem goes for the Hail Mary, or I, I don't know, because this is <laughs> this is a lot of... I mean, last week there was a little cul-de-sac we went in there for a while on the Jewish t- on the Jewish content, yeah. but today is really this is a days of awe emergency podcast, right? It is. It's a solemn. It's a solemn podcast. Speaking of speaking be. of hail marys, by the way, have the Lions ever completed a hail mary? I don't think so. I think I'm going to say no because we would remember. I think it the um, completion rate of opposing teams throwing Hail Marys against the Lions is about 69% to somewhere around that. Like other teams typically will complete the Hail Mary. I don't think we ever have Stafford had two chances at the Hail Mary at the end of the game. The first one was a pretty nice throw. Uh, yeah. You know, our guys had a chance and the second one was like eight yards short. So um, the other, when other teams run that play on us, it's just called the Hey Mary. They're just like, hey, Mary, <laughs> yeah, hey, catch this. Well, I think for, for for other teams, it's become kind of like a go-to play right. against the line. Sure, it's the first they quarter, and they're at the 48-yard line. <laughs> it's second and six, and they're just like, fuck it. Let's try the, let's try the hey, Mary. Yeah, the Lions. It's a high percentage The Lions play. don't know how to defend this. They never have. <laughs> just clueless. Oh, boy. Okay, well, on that cheerful note, uh, we're going to conclude this pod. So um, happy new year, Shana Tova to all of our Jewish listeners, which 
uh, unless there are some surprise listeners out there, I think all of our listeners are are Jews at this point. And to and to our non-Jewish listeners, this is a an open request to uh, clean out your attics and your basements for the next time the shit comes down. We're going to be calling on you to to give us a place to be to watch. <laughs> Assuming that you have sort of Directv full NFL package. I do not hide from genocide uh, if I can't watch football on a weekly basis. Those are my terms. I like it. And may you, uh, gentlemen, both be inscribed in the book of Ken Fantetti. The, or the program of Herman Moore. Yeah, that works. <laughs> okay, well, apples and honey to you guys. And um, until next time. Roar. 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 Down the field, Goliath's team.